Welcome to Level 10 Mastery with Ben Lawler. On this podcast, we interview the best and brightest in all walks of life. By doing this, we help you, our listener, become the best version of yourself. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. Today, we have a very special guest, Jess Vogelpohl. Jess is a certified sales and leadership coach. She specializes in teaching ethical sales techniques, strategies to individuals and teams that cause immediate growth in their sales. Jess uses an approach that includes a little bit of wit, excitement, and positivity mixed with a passion for adding value. She aspires to go above and beyond with any challenge that she faces and strives to make the most out of each moment. Her passion for accountability encourages all individuals to exceed their potential by understanding their motivators and core fundamentals. Jess lives in St. Louis with her wildly spirited, beautiful daughter, Eleanor, her precious and snuggly son, August, and her extremely supportive and wonderful husband, Kurt, and her adorable dog, Scout and Ruby. She's a lover of self-development, music, and all things nature, and a self-proclaimed Scrabble genius. <laughs> Jess has a passion for making an impact on everyone she encounters. Her innovative and entrepreneurial spirit and drive for growth aids Jess in making her mark on the world. Jess, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped. That was quite the intro. Gosh, how about I worked on that for I a while. I know. You must have. So starting out, Jess, tell us what's uh, what's new and exciting in what's, your world. What's new and exciting? Well, I just had a baby about three months ago. Yes. He is a wonderfully squishy little human. And I, I keep telling my husband, like, I feel like we need to have 6,000 of these little babies. But okay. So you're thinking maybe another one, No, two. absolutely not. But um, he's a really... <laughs> He's a really, really fun baby, and you've got my awesome little little one, and just actually getting back into it from being on maternity leave for a while. So Right. So tell us about that. How's that transition going after having a second child and kind of getting back in the groove? You know, I think this time around it's been it's been interesting because you don't have to adjust to being a mom. With your first with your first kid, you have to go through that mental transition of Hey, I'm not just living for myself and my husband anymore. There's mm-hmm. this this little human that needs me. Right. So I was able to kind of bypass all the emotions that went with that. And I'm very fortunate. I work for home, from home, and I set my own hours and schedule. So and plus, I'm doing something every single day that mm-hmm. provides so much fulfillment that it's really just taken that just that edge off. So it's been awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, take us back, Jess, to your uh, your childhood. Tell us about your upbringing oh, and kind of bring us to current day where we are yeah take it back to the childhood so um take it back old school back september 24th 1988 in a in a hotel or a hospital room in depaul hospital i'm just kidding um so basically born and raised in st louis my parents are really awesome they are really just super supportive of me i've got two older sisters i'm the baby of the family so i feel like that says a lot about me. That really does. Yeah, that's it, it's all coming together. Now. It, it, I know the pieces, the final piece of the puzzle is there, and uh, you know I don't. I actually live about twenty minutes from where I grew up. I haven't really ventured too far out of that St. Charles County bubble. So. Yeah, St. Chuck. Yeah, yeah, and this, you know 
went to school for, I have like a psychology background and Mm -hmm. then went and got a master's in healthcare and an MBA and was just really not fulfilled in what I was doing. And I just felt like I was really appeasing and upholding these fundamentals that just didn't belong to me and trying to meet these stockholder and stakeholder numbers. So, um, I went and was on Instagram one day, right? Gotta love social media, Uh hashtag I'm a millennial. (laughs) And I was scrolling through it and my friend Dee, she was writing all this stuff and I'm like, I gotta talk to her. What are you doing right now, Dee? And she goes, I work for this company, Southwestern Consulting, holy smokes, how have I not recruited you yet? I'm like, recruit me, recruit me. So what year was this? This was about two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So um, in August, August 23rd will be my two-year anniversary with awesome. SWC. So you reached out to D. What'd she say? And we were just chit-chatting and I said, I love the stuff that you're posting. It's really, really inspirational. And yeah. I, I ascribed to all of this. And she said, yes, we have to talk. So she put me in touch with my amazing team leader, Ron Alford, who's my coach and really, really draws my greatness out every every single day. And the rest is history. And I, I kept telling my husband, this is meant to be, man. This is so meant to be. Yeah. And it's ironic because Ron's team name for the last few years is MTB Crew. MTB. Meant to, meant to be crew. I love it. Right? So you're a believer that in life that things just happen for a reason. And a lot of times things are just meant to be. Yeah, I do. I in a lot of ways, I mean, I that that's not to say that you, you can't you shouldn't work hard. I mean, you can't just be sitting on your couch eating bonbons and expecting that the universe is just going to give you everything that you want. Okay, I thought that's how the right? law of attraction works. I would love but. that, right? Just sit there and manifest and like eat donuts, <laughs> just manifest success. Yeah. Cool. I'm in. Right. But there's more to it than that. <laughs> there's so much more to it. So tell us about that. Tell us about the kind of the power of coaching and, and why is that important for people, especially this day and age? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that I, I heard heard someone say this within my company, Dave Brown, you know him. Yeah, I know Dave. And yeah, fun guy. Um, if you ever need an energy pick-me-up, go call Dave. Like He, he could will... be one of the most energetic people I, right? I've I feel, ever met. Exactly. I don't even think he needs coffee. So <laughs> um, he said something recently is you can't be your best self by yourself. And you look at all these people, just these really, really successful people in the world. And, you know, for instance, Tiger Woods, he hired a coach to work to change his swing after he's been doing this darn thing for so many years. He's a world champion. Right. And he hired someone to help him. And and that's how I feel about coaching. So really, it, it all starts. It starts and ends in your brain. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I started this company and everyone's like, oh, yeah, you have to have good self-talk and positive affirmations. Right. And, and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I know it's... I've heard that before. Right. Like, everybody tells me that. Sure. And I'm like, okay. And then I went through this period of, which they told me I would, and, and my Ron's like, man, if you just would have listened to me from the beginning. But I went through this period of anxiety and depression and, man, man maybe I'm not good at this job. Yeah. Maybe I'm not actually meant to be here. And it's fast. So tell us about that. Yeah. The first couple months, what were some of the challenges that you faced? Because this is a little bit different than what you were doing two or three years ago. I think that what was really hard is I I came into this role guns blazing Mm -hmm. and kicked butt right away. Yeah. You know, people were calling me like, how'd you get such a fast start? And I'm like, I just did what they told me to do. And great. The one thing that is hard about what I do and a lot of people in sales Mm -hmm. is we rely on our God-given talents. 
which yeah. is great. It, sure. it, it takes us, it can take us so far. Right. But there's a lot of people just have natural ability. Absolutely. But natural ability doesn't get you to where you need all the time. There's, you definitely have to have a level of conviction, but also consistency. And I think that's where I lacked because growing up, I didn't see that. I didn't see a family that was super consistent. And so that's kind of permeated into my adult life. So working on consistency is something that's been huge for me. And then just really, truly getting convicted about what I do. Mm-hmm. You have those two things, oh man, look out. That's a recipe for, uh, for success. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. Outside of coaching, what, um, in your opinion, how does a person really become the best at their particular craft? Just like I said, conviction and consistency, and don't think you can do it alone. Mm-hmm. I also think a level of vulnerability to say, hey, you know, I'm not, I don't know everything. And mm-hmm. if you think you know everything, you have to have a real come to Jesus talk with right. yourself. That's when you kind of plateau. Yeah, definitely. That's when you coast and you yeah. say, hey, I've got it under control. And the last time I checked, there's only uh, there's only one way to coast. Right. Right. That's downhill. Exactly. So if you're not growing, if you're not improving, if you're not involved in coaching or have a mentor or listening to good podcasts or books, you're not going to be moving in the right direction. I don't know. Are you familiar with Jim Rohn? I am. Yeah. He's, he's the bomb.com. He is. So he he's that, awesome. If you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. And I totally, totally subscribe to that. Right. I think that is so important to know that you always have to be growing. And it, you know, every single day, turning up the dial just a little bit on your motivation and turning the dial up just a little bit on learning new technical skills. And I think that's another recipe is you have to be so convicted in what you do that you want to continue to learn mm-hmm. and grow and become better. Like every single morning when I wake up, I'm practicing one of our sales scripts. Okay. I'm listening to some sort of content that's pumped out through our company. One, to help my conviction, but two, to just hear something differently and practice. Mm-hmm. We have to practice. Right. So walk us through that, kind of your daily routine, but specifically your morning routine. What does that what does that look like for you? Well, after having a three-month-old, it... it and I know it's, it's maybe a little bit... It's it, kind of a work in progress. Right, right? No, um, but it definitely involves a lot more coffee in the morning. Yes, so. that caffeine is important. It's a good way to kind of yeah, jumpstart the day right? the after alar- three hours of sleep. Exactly. The alarm goes off. And I'm like, dang, I feel like I just went to bed. <laughs> uh, but really, it I wake up to something motivational every day. One of okay. my alarms, I think I shared with you, just that really cool motivational playlist. Yeah. In fact, I've been listening to that I every day. It. it just gets... gets in fact, I um, I listen to that whenever I exercise. Yeah, it's great. You know, so I'll get out for a run with the dogs, put that on, and I just, I kind of get in the zone. Yeah. Well, I mean, I- it takes my, my mental state from a seven up to about a 10. Yeah, right. Exactly. So mine, I listen to the song 10,000 Hours. Okay. That sound, I love it so much. Yes. And I wake up to that, and I, I lay there in bed for a little bit, and I listen to that song, mm-hmm. and I wake up, and I just start I start going. Right. And I'm a big believer. I listen to some sort of something in the morning, whether it's a podcast or a book that I'm reading or content for my company, and drink coffee, get the kids ready. And before I start my day, I say my daily affirmations and my prayers and just look at my vision board and visualize where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. What is what does that look like for you as you look at your your vision for the next one year, three years, five years? What do you see for yourself and your family? I think first and foremost, continuing this kind of evolve evolving kind of journey that I'm on. Just mm-hmm. I love what I do. 
because I am able to help others become their best versions while also becoming my best version. And that is so cool. How many people can say that they do that? Right. And so when I'm coaching my clients or I'm out there running these sales trainings and people are coming up to me, I, I'm learning a little bit more about myself. So my goal for the next year personally is to continue that involvement and continue growing and developing. Mm-hmm. For my family, I, I want to hit our incentive trip. We're going to the Amalfi Coast. I like love I'm it. going. I'm manifesting it now. You've all, you're already locked in on I'm it. I'm already locked and loaded. Even though I had a few months out of the year that was on maternity leave, I'm still doing it. Hey. So yeah, definitely want to do that <laughs> and um, just really really start growing that consistency level. I've, I've been pretty consistent, but I could be more consistent. So that's what I'm looking looking for. I love, I love my, it. Love my kids. Yeah, I don't want them to graduate college with all this debt. Yeah. That's super important to me. Sure. And just But also showing them that I am somebody that wakes up every day with purpose and intention and just going for it. That they have a mom that's a great mom, a great wife. She's a great sales coach, and she's mm-hmm. always grateful. Yeah. And that's really what I want to do every day. I want them to see that. And success will come if I live those core fundamentals. So just being the, uh, the best version of yourself. Yeah. Every single day. And, and early on, it, <clears throat> you know, it sounds like you're talking about the law of reciprocity, mm-hmm. right? So what you're putting into the lives of others eventually is coming back into your own. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. Whenever it comes to leadership, in your opinion, what are some of those qualities and traits of a successful leader this day and age? Oh, man, that's, that is a good question. I think one of the biggest things is, is stepping back and realizing that you do not know everything. That, yeah, you, you did pretty well. Like, you've gotten where you are because you're probably really good in your industry. And, and that's awesome. Like, go you, pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. But now it's time for you, in order to draw out the greatness within the individuals that you are leading, yeah. you have to draw out your own greatness. Okay. And so really stepping back and having that vulnerability and saying, these are the areas that I need to work on within mm-hmm. myself and going for it. Because you, I love the, the quote, and I, I might botch it, but um, you, can't, you can't go where you're, or you can't, you can't lead where you're not willing to go. Mm-hmm. And so many leaders, are, they have this, this mindset of leadership versus management. Yes. And both of them need to be present. They, they're definitely kind of mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You have to be a good leader, but you also have to be able to manage and step in and say, hey, things are not going well. Our numbers are not where they are. Hey, what's going on? Right. But, I, you, but you also have to, like you're saying, you have to be willing to do what you're saying. Right? You can't ask somebody to do something that you are not willing to, to do on your own. Absolutely. One of, we actually, in our coaching program, we have a manager's, it's called Manager's Edge. And really the, the curriculum is so cool because it's about you know drawing out your greatness and learning about yourself, but then also in turn, how to understand emotional intelligence, how to have higher emotional intelligence, how to understand the motivation styles of everybody that you are leading in order to really draw out that greatness because none of us went to school to be a leader. Right. right. We Yet it's not always, right? it's not natural. It's, it's not. And and so you have to continue to learn that. And I think leadership is definitely a skill. Just because mm-hmm. you're in a role that is a leadership role does not mean you have the leadership skill completely built yet. Mm-hmm. I love it. So how does a person in, increase their emotional IQ? Oh my goodness. There's just, they're so, they, they get a coach. <laughs> Yes, that's number one. Obviously, um, nice plug. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, but for real, like you have you you work with somebody that 
understands emotional intelligence. I think yes. sitting, because we can't, a lot of times we don't know what we don't know about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really cool about having just anyone in your life, a mentor, a coach, anyone that is okay with saying, you know, hey, Ben, like, you're really great in these areas, but mm-hmm. I really think if you pinpoint this one area, it's gonna be it's gonna be aces for you, brother. Right. And so having some good constructive feedback, not just telling a person yeah. what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. I think the first step to having really strong, hot, like really strong emotional intelligence is knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And really sitting down and sitting within that, understanding your vision and what you want out of life, mm-hmm. and then also just looking at your strengths. Your weaknesses, yeah, I said it, weaknesses, areas for growth, mm-hmm. and understanding that because you cannot draw that out of other people if you do not know yourself. Right. I love it. Well, tell us about that. You know, talking about mentors, um, who have been some of the biggest influences in your life over the years? Oh, my goodness. So many. Well, Ron Alford, for sure. Yeah. He is somebody that just, he lives and breathes everything that I I would love to be and has drawn so much greatness out of me and has walked with me through depression, anxiety, and, you know, self-doubt and all mm-hmm. of these, just this head trash just yeah. swirling around. So that's great. And he is the type of leader that he's in the trenches with us. And I think that's so cool. My husband, oh my goodness. He did not sign up for this. (laughs) He did not sign up for everything that comes with marrying and being married to Jess Vogelpohl. And he just walks with me every single day side by side. And I think that's great. He's my balance. That's awesome. You guys make a great team. Thanks. I really, I really love him. He's, he's home with the kids right now. So (laughs) mama's day out. Oh yeah. Uh, Definitely. And then my family. So my dad passed away four and a half years ago. That's right. And he was my biggest cheerleader. I, I loved him dearly. I love him dearly, and I'll never forget. He's the type of guy where he'd call you a hundred times in a day just because you know wants to see what's going on. Sure, and I can, just calling I'm, to check in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, stop calling me! And now I'm like, please call me. I would give anything <laughs> for that. But one of the things he said really struck me when he was passing away is he said, "I I I never met my potential, and it was my own fault. I got in my own way." Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is such an introspective thing to say. And I always ask myself, like, if I were to go right now, as morbid as it sounds, yeah. would I be living my potential? Mm-hmm. And what is it costing me to not be operating at a 10 most days? Right. And for me, it's guilt. It's it's knowing I could be doing so much more. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that is a tough pill to swallow. So definitely my family, my sisters, I don't know what I would do without them. Yeah. They gave me my love of like 90s music. <laughs> <laughs> my older sister's always good. Oldest sister's great for bringing me some food when I'm down. <laughs> yes. Now, would you say there are similarities um, in leadership between leading a team and being a parent? Oh, Yeah. I think being a parent shakes you to your core, and same mm-hmm. with same with the leader. Uh, I use some of the sales techniques that we teach on my children and husband all the okay. time. So how does that work? It's, yeah, it works pretty well sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I mean, you know, when you're dealing with a stubborn four-year-old, and she's like, "Get out of my life." Uh huh. Um, but there definitely are similarities. I think that sometimes when you're a leader, you have to say the hard things. Sure. You're not always going to be liked, and same thing as a parent. If you truly want to be a, a good parent and an effective parent and an effective mm-hmm. leader, right? You can't you can't be too concerned with their feelings at all times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to deliver the bad news. Right. I heard somebody say recently that it's okay to have somebody pissed off. Yeah. On the front end, mm-hmm. if you know it's better for them 
in the long run? That was really hard for me to, I guess, um, and it's an ongoing process. Is I'm we we have these um, four different buying and selling styles, okay. and so you're either a entertainer, detective, counselor, or fighter. No, I'm an entertainer, so I love um, you know love pleasing other people. I love having fun. Like you can tell, I'm an entertainer when you meet me. I could see that. Right, yeah. right. Like I love that you walk up to someone <laughs> like I'm an entertainer, and they're like, what? Right. But in sales, sometimes you are. Yeah. You know, you're almost on, you're on stage. Yeah, but as I mean, you want to be genuine. Yeah. But you still have to bring the, bring the energy. So being an entertainer as a coach is, was difficult for me because I'm like, well, I like to be liked and I don't Mm -hmm. want to hurt their feelings. And I realized that I was doing my clients a disservice by not asking the hard questions, by not pointing out the hard things within them. Mm -hmm. People don't get in coaching to have a new best friend. Right. They get in coaching to... To, for results. Absolutely. They want to grow and so, they have to be willing to be challenged. And so that's hard. If you're a leader and you have that entertainer quality, then it, it's it's a tough battle, but work on it. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to call out people. Yes. So tell us about the other three types that you mentioned. Oh so entertainer is number one. Yeah. Entertainers, we, people pleasers. We love to have yeah. fun. Um, we're the type of people in a sales situation where you better book a, like an additional 30 minutes if you have an appointment with us because we're going to tell you all about <laughs> everything. And we're gonna... It's like, is this what we were even supposed to talk about? Today? I know, right. We're, are we even on topic right now? Oh, no, now? we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our, our time's passed. Cool. Yeah. Um, so fighters, like you could probably, a fighter is, you know, somebody, you call them up on the phone yeah. and, you know, you're trying, you're prospecting them and they're mm-hmm. like, well, well who? Who, who gave you my name? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Why are you yes. calling? Like, what get to the want? point. What do you want? What's this cost? Like, get to the point real quick. Yes. Uh, I'm working on my fighter a little bit more. Like, okay. I need to, we all have all of these qualities within us. Would you say it's good to have some yes. level of fighter yes. yeah. inside you? You got to have a little of that fire, fighter mm-hmm. and fire in you mm-hmm. in order to, you know, sometimes you have to call that out. And then also, like, a good salesperson uses each of these qualities at different times okay so we teach you how to recognize each of these qualities when you meet people okay uh, what their what their voice intonation sounds like what um, when you shake their hand when they shake the way that they shake it uh-huh. words that they use how their office looks like okay. so I'm an entertainer counselor you come into my office it's bright and fun but I've got pictures of my family and pictures that my daughter is drawing me that's a first sign of a counselors they mm-hmm. are very big on um, group like, what's the group consensus? Sure. I always say if you're with your significant other and you're like, hey, honey, what do you want to eat? And she's like, you know, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And then you get real pissed off. Right. She's probably a counselor. She's just <laughs> waiting for the, the, consensus. She, the group consensus before let's she makes a, her decision. Let's take a poll. Let's see what everybody wants to do. Yes. And then... So that's how counselor <laughs> leaders are. They're like, they're really in it for the group and they want to know group consensus before they really make a decision, which I love working with counselor leaders. Okay. Sometimes they get a little too caught up in it though. It's like, you. I always tell counselor leaders, like, dude, do you, uh, do you, Call everybody you're going to invite to your wedding and say, hey, what day can you make it to my wedding? And which venue do you prefer? Yes. No, you tell them. Absolutely. This is the date and this you is the You lay venue. it out there. Hey, if you can make it, wonderful. If not, right. hey, no big deal. And then those detectives. Oh, God love the detectives. So this is the fourth yes. type. So the this detective. Is my, my BFF, and I call her my spirit animal in our company, Becky Peister. I love okay. her in pieces. She's a detective. Okay. She brings my detective out, and I bring her entertainer out, which is like yin and yang. Uh-huh. So detectives in a sales situation, they're the ones, they love spreadsheets. They love, okay. like, give me all of the information yes. and, and show me how it's going to affect me. Okay. 
So they're really prepared on the front end. They've got the pre-approach. Yeah. They know all about that person or that prospect before yeah. that particular meeting. They're going to give you that objection. Hey, I need to call three other people mm-hmm. before I make a decision. Okay. Yeah. That's what's cool is we teach you all the objections you're going to get with each personality type. Yes. So imagine that confidence when you go into a sales sales scenario and mm-hmm. you know who you're dealing with. Sure. And probably what objections and questions they're going to ask. Absolutely. You know about that person. Yeah. You know... Gosh, the type of questions that they're going to ask. You're just really well prepared on the front end as opposed to just winging it. Yeah. Well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Um, I used to be a winger. (laughs) I'm I'm in remission. Okay. How's it working out for you? (laughs) Much better now, actually. (laughs) All right. So we've gotten to know each other over the last couple months. How would you describe my personality? I knew you were going to ask that. Out of those four. In my mind. (laughs) You saw that coming. Uh, I would say entertainer, detective, and then counselor, fighter. That's so all four, but the first one. So you, everybody's all four. Everybody's all four, but a certain each person has a different percentage or a different dominant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think trait. your entertainer is your your top trait. I am kind of an entertainer. Yeah, totally an entertainer. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. I think your entertainer <laughs> counselor, like me. Yes. You guys can't see me right now, but I'm doing like the Beyonce hair flip. Okay. Right. Yes. Um. So I see entertainer counselor. I love it. Yeah. Um. So let's shift gears a little bit outside of. You know, mentors and, and influencers that you've worked with over the years. What are some other principles that you kind of live by or, or wisdom that you've picked up over the years that you try to apply to your daily life? Hmm. It's quiet. I'm thinking. Yes. That's a really cool question. I think um, I think just vulnerability not being afraid to tap people on the shoulder or to say to someone, I need help right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've said it a few times, like I've dealt with anxiety and depression my entire life after my dad passed away four and a half years ago, it got really bad. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've learned about myself from Ron calling it out in me is I'm an avoider. So when I get really overwhelmed, I tend to avoid, which then is a bad cycle because you're avoiding and then you get more down in the dumps because all these things are falling through the cracks. Right. You and push so, it to the side right. and say, hey, I'll take care of that later. Later, later, later. And then, you know, you, you don't take action now. Mm-hmm. And as we know, top producers take action now. Sure. And so I learned that a lot about myself. And, and I can feel myself when I'm overwhelmed knowing what's my if-then statement. So if I feel overwhelmed, then I'm going to call Kurt text Becky from my my company. Yes. I I know myself and I have all these scenarios that if this happens I have a step by step you know kind of guide of what I need to do. I love so it. that's huge. Okay. Having a plan. Yeah, because throughout the day. and you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself like where your areas of improvement are and and have a plan for that. I love if then statements. Mm-hmm. Like if if I'm tired then I will do this. If yes. if I have call reluctance then I'm going to do this. Right. Otherwise, you're just going to revert to your natural traits. Which are comfortable. We revert back to our natural traits because it's the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And your brain is biologically wired to keep you in your comfort zone. Right. But what you're saying is you can actually train yourself to um, to get on the right path or to yeah. veer away from those comfortable actions and traits. Yeah. And you have to get really uncomfortable while you do it. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt. There's going to be a lot of growing. Yeah. And or growing pains. So I think that that you can definitely rewire your brain mm-hmm. and the power of surrounding yourself and what you digitally consume, podcasts, reading, 
who is around you in your inner circle, who's supporting you. Mm-hmm. And I think and what you tell yourself, that's the biggest thing. Is it it doesn't really matter what people think of you. Yes, yeah. we're there's a perception. You you mm-hmm. can't be like a, you know, a total goon, but yeah, I said goon. Yes. Um, but also what you think about yourself and what you think others are thinking about you, I think is really big. Sure. So self-talk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard recently that, of course, you have conversations throughout mm-hmm. the day, mm-hmm. but you also have conversations with yourself, right? Yeah. So what do you say to yourself in the car? What do you say to yourself in the mirror? You know, because it's easy for people to naturally be negative. Right. That's, it's comfortable. It's your mm-hmm. brain telling you, hey, I want to I wanna make it to the Amalfi Coast incentive trip this year. That means I'm going to have to enroll X amount of clients. That means mm-hmm. I'm going to have to make X amount of calls. And I'm going to have to push myself this year because I'm behind with because of maternity leave. And there are times where I'm like, can I really do it? Yes. Am I able to do that? I look at my the leadership within our company and people that are just killing it. Right. I'm like, yeah, but they have mm-hmm. this and I don't have that. Yes. And I have to stop myself immediately. And it took me a long time when I start having those negative thoughts. Like I'll say to myself over and over again, I will not allow toxic thoughts. And I'll say that over and over and over again. And sometimes I'll have to say it over and over for 10 minutes. But now <laughs> I can say it once or twice yes. and just snap out of it. You've trained your mind. You've trained just, your subconscious. I put the hard work in and whenever I have a negative thought like I don't know if I can do this Mm -hmm. I flip it into a positive yes you can do this Mm -hmm. you got this I love it it's like I'm good enough I'm smart enough (laughs) doggone it people like me Stuart Smalley (laughs) (laughs) awesome well Jess as we um, as we close out today um, any final thoughts or parting wisdom for our listeners out there I think that we all have this we all have a vision for our life, or mm-hmm. at least some sort of vision. And if you're not crystal clear on what you want out of your life, now granted that's going to change based on your seasons and things are going to change, but have a crystal clear vision of what you want. Naming that vision is the easy part. Naming the how is the harder part. And I always say that vision is like looking, um, you, you think of from point A where I am now to point B where I want to where I want to go and it's almost this like crooked path that swirls all around and maybe Mm -hmm. slopes uphill and goes downhill yeah if every single day you're putting and it's this road it's not paved at all okay you you can't get down it all right and so if every single day you're either putting a small pebble in that road maybe a big stretch of road um, maybe some days you may get knocked down back but at least put something tiny in that road to pave it Mm -hmm. you're gonna get there and the way that you get there is not just by naming the vision but you have to name the how okay with your smart goals with with really coming up with step by step this is how I do it Mm -hmm. having a plan having a strategy on a daily in a weekly basis. Yeah, don't just say I want to go to the Amalfi Coast incentive trip. You need mm-hmm. to know what you need to be doing. Yes. You know, it reminds me of uh, state story strategy. You know, being in the right mental state, uh, knowing exactly what your story is, and then having a strategy to get it done. Sure. Love that. Awesome. Um, Jess, how can uh, people find you on social media? How can they find me? So just, you know, just... It seems like you're all over, but yeah, I know, right? uh, what's the best way for people to reach out yeah, to you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, find, me on, find me on Facebook. Jess Vogelpohl is my name. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, jvogues924. Okay. You can call me up. You can email me. You can find me all over the place. So I love it. And if a person is interested in, in coaching and in, in what you're talking about, what's the next step? What would you recommend? 
what would I recommend? Well, they should give me a call or email me right away. I'm a big believer that coaching's not a fit for everyone and mm-hmm. everyone's not a fit for coaching. Sure. And so at least having a conversation with me to talk about if it's the right fit. And if you're a sales leader, I think that uh, what we offer is a complimentary customized workshop where we can okay. actually come out and show you and your team what this coaching thing is all about and train your team on things that they can learn right then and there. I love it. Apply it and be successful. That's awesome. And if it's a match, beautiful. Cool. And if, if it's not, not, beautiful. That's no fine. big deal. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jess, thank you so yes, much for uh, me. This is fun. for being on the program. And uh, for those of you out there that are not connected with Jess or have not talked to her, I highly recommend you. Yay. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. If you haven't already, get on iTunes, give us, give us a review. Until next time, get out there and become the best version of yourself.